Namaste friends are you ready to get unsanskari with wexed let's get started kya surili awaaz hai then you know that's something very bullshit you need to be realistic you live in india the parents it's not just two people dating it's even your parents dating you the parents dating them everything mix the whole society is also dating you everything so i honestly did not know ki for the longest time what i'm doing is called masturbation like basically i did not know the term masturbation uh, well ideal situation mein i won't be a parent you know i don't want to fuck up on everything <laughs> hey folks we found our space to talk about anything and everything unsanskari and we're here to share it with you so tune in with us bi-weekly on wednesdays as we talk about a wide range of things from beauty standards and dating in india to thoughts around sex work and weird reasons to divorce your partner Time for you to mark your calendars for August third, and don't forget to follow at the rate Day and Sanskari Pod on Instagram and at the rate Unsanskari Pod on Twitter for more regular updates. Adios, amigos. Welcome to another episode of Unsanskari. So for today's episode, I have with me uh, my lovely team member Jahanvi, and our guests for today are a very cute couple, Joshna and Angit. They have this very wholesome page, Atarit um, Sukar Su. Uh, folks, how about you go ahead and introduce yourselves? So I'll go first. So I'm Jahanvi. I work with Vexed as the creative director. I am 21. and uh, i'm queer again full of fear and to go for me campaign for my therapy is yet to start <laughs> all right joshna nangit please go ahead i uh, actually i also want to know if there's a special meaning or story behind your instagram handle sukarsu mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so sukarsu <laughs> in in cause i'm gujarati as as you know so sukarsu is you know in gujarati meaning like what shall we do what can we do and oh. you know that's often a question that comes up like what shall we do you know what can we do just so many questions in life come up and we thought hey you know why don't we call our instagram page that <laughs> but when she said Love that i was like sugar so in punjabi like it's not no meaning but as a kid i remember my mom blowing my nose she used to be like sugar so no like we can't call it that For me it meant like blowing your nose it's <laughs> like about deeper questions in life what shall we do you know <laughs> and i'm sure for some people like me in north india it means go pee yeah exactly. no. oh gosh so <laughs> didn't even think about that so which true. is which is why i was confused <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, but that's the diversity we love right that that is india yeah yeah all right how about you go ahead and introduce yourselves Yes, I mean my. I've got a long story, so I don't know how much to introduce myself. But I was born and brought up in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya, and then I moved to the UK, and then now I live in Canada. It's been about two years, and it was love that brought me here to Canada. So I kind of followed Angit after she came here. Oh wow! <laughs> But at the moment, I'm, uh, I work for do some outreach work for a. a charity called Share Vancouver and it's uh, for South Asian uh, LGBTQ people and friends uh, which is a great charity that helps a lot of queer people immigrants as well a lot from India as well and other countries so yeah that's amazing yeah. angit what about you um my name's angit i was born and brought up in in london west london um i'm a physiotherapist by background profession uh i came out to myself at the age of 14 and then 
no, at the age of 18. And then it was like a journey from that, from there telling my family, my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad lastly. Um, and uh, yeah, I met Josh now while we were working at the same hospital um, in yeah. 2017. Yeah, yeah, 2017. And then I moved to Canada in 2018. Um, and then we, we did long distance for a while and then we got married in 2020 and then I kind of brought her over. And uh, <sighs> since then, so yeah, I, I've been in Canada for four years now. And I came to Canada, I guess, just to get away from the parents, explore my sexuality a bit. But just six months before moving, I met Josh and I was like, oh, should I go? Should I not go? And I went. We did long distance. But yeah, I worked out eventually. Mm, she told nice. me on our first date that, oh, I'm going to Canada. And my heart just sank. I thought, what? You know? By the way. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> on the first date? She thought I knew from other colleagues and I didn't know. <laughs> but it's all in the past Wow. Now. I, I don't know how I would have reacted to something like that on the first date. I would be like, oh, no, okay. When turned into a knot and I, I just, it made me realize that actually not, she means something to me even so mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk great. about That's that great. as we go along. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think we'll just get started with the main stuff. We have quite a few questions for you because we want to learn more about you and your story and how, you know, you've faced everything in life, kind of. So, yeah, Jahanvi, do you want to go ahead? Okay, so the first question, like, ripping off the bandaid, how is it like being queer and just being a part of the queer community as an Indian? Because I think growing up in an Indian context, just even with Indian parents, it's a very heady or sexist experience because you're looking at the hurt that the women in your life are going through and as a queer person you're internalizing that and there's some sort of confusion you know this is what is happening so like how was your experience with like internalizing and growing up like that um i think for me so just you know like generally i mean I'm, i'm talking generally but not every family is like that but a lot of very deeply ingrained beliefs um, about what where life should be. So we're already put in a box from, from when right. you're born. You'll grow up, you'll study this and that, you'll you'll get married, you'll have children. It's it's a kind of a path that's almost laid out for us. So when you feel that you don't fit into that, it, it's, it can be quite a struggle. Um, and I think for me, I came out to myself quite late on, actually. So in my early 30s, that tells my age, but it was um, a quite tough for me so I think looking back I would have known from childhood there was little um you know I remember one dream I had when I was five years old believe it or not <laughs> where I uh, one of my classmates uh, called Jennifer I remember her name and we in my dream we kissed on the lips but there was a dupatta between our lips <laughs> oh. a very <laughs> bollywood moment <laughs> It was. You were five years old? I was five years old in kindergarten. And I thought, hmm. So looking back, I think somewhere in my subconscious, there must have been that the fact that, you know, you can be attracted to anyone regardless of gender. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been interesting. And I've had sort of difficulties from people within the queer community as well. So being Indian mm. and queer, but being surrounded by other queer people of other uh, nationalities or cultures there is that uh, difference as well because maybe some people have more liberal upbringing or less challenges that they might have faced so there was that as well but I think over the years I've 
I've been quite lucky with my close friends and family. They've been excellent and supportive. But yeah. Yeah. I think although we have different upbringings, I think Indian values still remain the same at some in some kind of context, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I totally, you know, John, I agree with you. Like watching the women in our family like suffer and not treated well, and that really affects you. That it gives you so much trauma throughout your life, and mm-hmm. it's something that you will never get over. That and my household was very like it was very loving, but it was very like patriarchal as well. Where my, you know, the typical dad doesn't do any housework, or dad, you know, mum yeah. would do everything for him, and mum would also work full time and um just the expectation was very different at that age and I think like you've said like having that path laid out um for every kid it's always their parents always have that dream for their kids um and I think breaking that was difficult but I think for me I I I had the privilege of moving away from home um which really allowed me to grow and it was hard because I tried to move away from home I used to say to mum, mum, I'm, just, I, you know, I, I, I want to move out of London, maybe stay in England, but move away. I want to work a little bit or whatever. But she was like, why do you want to go? Everything's free. We pay for everything. You know, you, you don't have to pay for rent. You don't have to pay for food. Just stay home. It makes sense. And then I was like, no, I, okay, I've got, to, I've got to move country to get away from my parents. Mm. So I started the process about moving country, and it's unfortunate. Like we. Uh, I had to think like that because a lot of queer folk don't have that privilege to move away from home and they have to deal with everything whilst in that kind of sometimes toxic environment that, that can be right. made from our parents and generations before. Um, but I'll, now I obviously like I really now that my my mum and dad are so cool with us, I do miss them and I wish I was living closer to them now, not not so far away. But I think that separation is definitely ne- needed for growth my parents yeah that's true yeah yeah I don't think I can add a lot here since I haven't experienced this directly but indirectly I've seen parents often have a very negative reaction to even the idea of their children being a part of the LGBTQ community I've heard people you know going to terrible extents and saying trigger for trigger warning um saying things like if my kid is uh, if my kid even says that they are part of the LGBTQ community, I am going to straight up disown them. And like, of course, it's, you know, very disheartening to hear such comments. Uh, mm-hmm. But what what appalls me the most, I guess, is the fact that they would choose their reputation in society over their very own child. Like, I feel like you're, you're a parent. Like, if I ever become a parent, how can anything be greater to me than my child's comfort and, you know, their own identity and their happiness? Um, so yeah, I think I think in India, it's it definitely most places, most families, it's really a toxic environment that ends up getting created. But besides the parents and families, I wanted to ask you, how has the community been? Um, have you interacted with people with similar experiences in India and like, or even you know, in Canada, outside, like, what's that been like? Do you, has, does the community always have a positive response? Are they always welcoming? Or are they are there biases in the community as well? And like, you know, maybe some negative aspects to it. Um, so I think for me, uh, this is I'm going to talk about my experience in England. Uh, when mm-hmm. I first came out, I was just, you know, kind of getting used to my feelings, what I was feeling. And I think since then, I realized that I'm I'd probably if I was to box myself, I would be uh, pansexual. Um, so in, in, but I sent, kind of met a few women and just exploring that, and there was prejudice from other Indian women towards me, saying that you know, or if you're if you've been with a man, 
then you can't be lesbian. How can you like a woman if you've yeah. liked a man? And and that was quite upsetting because I thought that's just how I feel. You know, I'm attracted to the person, not necessarily the outer appearance of their gender. You know, so so that was quite tough to have that prejudice within the community. But um, and I spent some time in India um, in uh, Ahmedabad in 2014, and I met lots of guys who gay guys, and it was actually really nice to see them. You know, not living openly, but living their gay lives quite happily and i was hoping that you know that that would be a good representation but unfortunately some went on to get married and you know so i think there's that that issue as well um yeah. and then in canada it's been probably the best experience we've found what we consider our chosen family um mostly through a share of vancouver you know other south asian people and and friends and it's just yeah we literally feel like we've got a family here who are not judging us and you know putting all these labels on us just accepting us as we are that's great um, so there's, there's ups and downs you know but i try and move on with the positives as much as possible mm -hmm. yeah i don't think i've ever received any negative so um Bartika, you mean like the, the the gay community or like the indian community like the queer community or the indian community i think the queer indian community for indian Both. community <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I feel like I'm very lucky and all gullible. I, I haven't seen any negative, <laughs> negative oh, okay. uh, uh, opinions from the queer Indian community. In in the UK, I was involved a bit with this uh, LGBT Sikh group, um, Sarbat, and uh, we did a few like meetups with them. And I met some great women through that, and made some good friends. Um, but the main community that I've met is again just here. Vancouver, in Vancouver, we share Vancouver, and yeah, it feels like we've, with the chosen family that we have, it feels like we're like home. I feel at home when I'm with them, which is nice because that sounds lovely. That. Yeah, we never had that before, so yes. yeah, because you do hear of quite negative stories from other people, and I guess we've partly kept away from that. Or if we feel like it's going to be some negative reaction, then we sort of try and avoid it if possible. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel like queerness in India, especially like. If you, if you examine it in a very like, postmodern context, we've had all these, like the term queer itself is a very debated term in India. Like a lot of uh, gay scholars say that the word queer is a slur because in the Indian context, it's still used to, like it's still used as like the little word, like the little meaning of the word is strange and it's used to describe as such gay people in a derogatory manner and while in the west i feel the word queer is like it's embraced properly it's embraced freely and i feel yeah. like with that intersection in the indian queer community there's it's just a lot of confusion i feel like there's this i think there's this traditional backlash as well because i've seen like trans people in india right um there's so many there's so many diverse there's like casteism involved in it there's but there's no representation for indian trans people as you know there is representation in the indian queer community for non-binary folk and this is the thing you know i mean it's nice that we have all these new terms and expressions but we're not exactly honoring like the people that have made the community up and like this brings us to the next question like if you guys are indian and i think you're experiencing queerness at the intersection of the third world 
as Indians, but then you're also experiencing queerness in the context of the first world, having lived through UK and um, you know, you're now living in Canada. So how has that like affected you or like I don't know the term right now because I'm really nervous, but yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I think firstly I guess I just want to mention I feel quite uncomfortable using the words third world and first world because I feel all countries are developing in some way or the other and it sometimes makes it sound like um, UK, Canada are in a way superior than others but I, I don't feel there are when you live in these countries you see all the problems as well. Um, so I just wanted to mention that but in, in terms of I guess um, the experience we perhaps I, I do acknowledge and I'm grateful that there maybe there is a little bit more privilege in terms of acceptance and you know for example gay marriage and gay rights and you know sort of it's a lot more you, you feel that much more freedom and less fear perhaps um i, I can't comment too much from you know because i haven't lived in india for any long period of time but that's what i kind of i, I do appreciate that there is some advantages and you know we do see many students um coming uh, queer students coming from india and we've spoken to a number of people and they all feel that you know that their lives are much more freer living yeah. here um, i think freer because they're away from parents as well not just because like, they're living here that's true yeah, yeah i think anywhere that's where you true. have people any society where you have relatives or cousins or high school friends or something you will feel uncomfortable i think regardless of where you are yeah that's in which true. country you're living in. Mm -hmm. I, you know, yeah. I'm sure people who move cities in India feel them more free when they don't know anyone there. Um, and th that can be a lot. But I really oh, yeah. acknowledge that we have a big privilege compared to people, queer people living in India. And I feel guilty about that every day. I'm like, we're so lucky we could get married. Mm -hmm. We could share vows with friends and family. And legally, we are known, you know, as wife and wife. And I really acknowledge that privilege. Um, and hopefully we can use that in a good way to help other people in some way, you know. Um, and that's, I guess that's the idea behind Sukar Su, is just, just to help people in any way we can. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... You it, are, it, I think the representation of just seeing, um, I guess, uh, like just the same sex and same gender couples just live their lives unapologetically. And it's, you can just view it, like, you know, it's like, as an Indian, you can't be, especially as women, I think we can't be too in your face regarding our sexuality, our preferences or anything. And just seeing you guys, like even when I first saw your profile, I was just like, it just warmed my heart because you guys are adorable and just like, watching that really helps. Thank you. Yeah, I think to get to where we are, it took a bit of time and, you know, uh, internal challenges for us as well to be visible, you know, to the public but i think uh, what Jahani says is perfect like being exactly. uh, being queer and in fear like that's what we do like that's what we are for the first like that's how i was for the first two decades of my life you know queer and fear yeah. and then you it takes a lot of mental challenge and like internal challenge to get over that fear mm. and just to kind of you know live independently and i, I remember coming out to my mum and just my thought process before that i was like I need to make sure I have a full-time job. I'm earning something in case mom kicks me out of the house. I need to make sure yeah. that I have the means to survive. Like, and unfortunately, that's how we think. But we shouldn't have to think like that. Our parents should be loving us however we are. And I think the fact that we ha that we have this fear is just stupid. It's so crazy mm -hmm. that we have to live in this fear. And 
I, I hope parents in the future, you know, our generation will just love our kids regardless and like be, you know, talk about these things. I mean, I, I never got spoken about about sex, about boys, nothing. Like, like not even periods, for example, no education. Same like people yeah. start bleeding soon. Like, what do you do? Like mm. <laughs> nothing. It was exactly. just, yeah, yeah, it's just a big shock. Everything as you're growing up from like, 13 onwards right you just have yeah. no idea I think I still have quite a lot of fear as well so my mum hasn't been as open she sees us as friends living together so mm-hmm. you know she hasn't acknowledged that we are a couple but some of her friends try and tell her that oh no they are actually really in a relationship and my mum's uh, orthodox Hindu you know to the max so she would just not accept it in the past you know she when I was um, you know in a hetero relationship in the past for you know a few years and she didn't speak to me for about six years so I still have those fears about you know kind of being very open with her and maybe relatives but if they find out it's fine you know I think now I just have to face it but there is still that internal fear of of how people may treat us or um, I'm not going to let it stop us though (laughs) I mean that was because you're married to a white guy like Ooh, if yeah, she knew double we were whammy. in an actual relationship, sleeping in the same bed, I think she wouldn't talk to you ever. She wouldn't, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. No, but so I think there are so many Indian parents just like that. And it is really unfortunate. But we try and protect I've, I've heard them so all the time. I'm sure you do, yeah. But we always try and protect them, I feel. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to challenge their thoughts. Like, you know, Angit's been great with challenging her mom and dad's uh, thoughts about different things and just watching her having these conversations i'm so impressed i'm like who is this woman i married you know she's amazing <laughs> i think just asking so why true. why why like why did you say this mom why do you think like this what made you say this just asking them why 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 and then mm. it gets them thinking a lot more as well so i've become a lot more confident with my parents asking them like challenging them in their thoughts and in a loving and kind way like we laugh about it with you know we argue about it but then we you know we laugh about it as well so um it, i think that's yeah. that's key for our generation just ask them why 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 mm-hmm. are you like this yeah. yeah that's that's the kind of relationship i have with my parents as well sometimes with my dad it doesn't go that well like he'll just be like you're a kid you really need to calm down like you know we have more experience but like with my mom she has come such a long way in just understanding so much stuff like you know with the whole with the whole thing that Vex said exists and like they know that I'm doing this and I'm talking about this stuff on a public platform and I'm sure my relatives would not be a fan of that but um, they're okay with it and they have been supporting me which is which means a lot to me because I did not expect it but I think it's definitely a process like your parents do try to learn I hope everyone's parents do that but um, yeah they do go through this process of maybe understanding they should at least um, try and yeah I think Angit's way of just asking why is really important to get them to think about why are they following these societal norms and you know these Mm -hmm. stupid questions so many things are so baseless and they just need like we just need to shed light on the fact that hey what you're trying to tell me is completely baseless so listen to me (laughs) yeah just breaking those 
add in like you were talking mm-hmm. about how your mom is open with vexed and you talking about this on a public platform just today i was telling my mom that you know i, I have a meeting at about 9:30 please don't come barging in or knocking in and she was like oh, what are you doing uh? what what is the secret you doing locked in your room and i really couldn't tell her look i'm going to be talking about homosexuality so like just, just don't I told her very seriously. Look, I'm gonna talk about money laundering in there, so just do not do anything to disturb. <laughs> she accepted that. So for me, I feel like I have such a long way to go in there. But you know, I have a little sister too, so I try my best to like just, just you know, like she is in ninth grade, and mm-hmm. I'm so happy to tell you all that I have brainwashed my. I wouldn't call it brainwashing because I mean it's my sibling, but I am so. proud to tell you that if you ask my little ninth grader sister like you know she can't do basic maths but if you ask her about you know what is who what's a bisexual person or like what's a trans she can tell you proper definitions and i feel like that's, that's amazing my own, like that's just my just this is my way of rebelling i feel mm-hmm. that's so fun oh wow i know yeah, when our parents and sorry please yeah. go ahead I remember when um my brother was telling his kids about me and Joshna getting married and he recorded the whole conversation it's like a 20 minute 20 minute conversation of my brother trying to explain to the to his kids who were like at the time maybe 10 no yeah, yeah like yeah. 12 and 10 maybe and it took him 20 minutes he was like so you know when two people love each other um you know they they like to you know they 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 want to get married but have you you know sometimes um a man will like a man and a, a woman will like a woman and it took him like 10 minutes to say the word lesbian in this whole 20 oh, no. minutes it <laughs> and then the kids are like dad what's going on tell us tell us <laughs> and then like he's like what well, do you know what this means and my niece was like yeah when two women are together so you know they're a lesbian couple two guys are gay uh but they you know, know so they know all the more, terms yeah. and it, my brother took about he's like he was he's in his 40s and he just took ages <laughs> to say the word lesbian i'm like what is wrong with oh you? my god <laughs> that's really? hilarious but i but i really appreciate the effort though it's amazing yeah, that he's yeah. talking to his kids about it yeah, yeah yeah i think he just yeah he just took so long to do it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like all i right. think John, we are kids know everything these days. I think they, I like they, we are. I think the younger generation, you guys, are quite privileged because we have so much access to information online, and uh, we just we're much. We have more freedom of speech online, so we learn a lot more. We can talk a lot more. Whereas mm-hmm. our parents' generation, they couldn't. They didn't have all this information at their hands. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great thing for the generations to come. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot more information out there now, and I think it's good that if not our parents were there for the younger ones, and we're trying to pass on that information. Um, like Vex said itself, like we want to go to schools and um, teach school-going children about this stuff, and uh, be it like even masturbation, like you know these kind of things that mm-hmm. no one talks to you about. Like I didn't know anything about it till I went to college, and it's so embarrassing now that I think about it. And yeah. um, I think like. giving them this kind of information is so important so yeah i'm glad that we exist people like all of us and yeah. we're trying to do our best to put that information out there but and i'm glad you're going to take it to schools because um so my some of my nieces were brought up in in england and they their teachers did talk about masturbation and so my nieces maybe at wow. the age of 
10 or something they then spoke to me about it and i was just so it warmed my heart you know that it's not yeah. a taboo for them and it was okay mm -hmm. for them to explore their bodies it was okay to think that oh this feels good it's okay and they were talking openly about it and so i just respect those teachers who did that you know so if you can get into schools that'll be fantastic yeah we're trying our best but it's it's way more taboo in india so <laughs> let's see um foot in the door <laughs> but um yeah so i wanted to ask you how was your journey coming out and like did you you know receive any hate from the conservative elements in society like how did you deal with any judgment if there was any uh, from family members and friends um i think again like with um my family I, i told my immediate family in like in certain at certain times and then it wasn't until after we got married actually i felt comfortable telling people because i i feel like as gay people we don't have to you know shout it out from the rooftops mm -hmm. like oh Absolutely. i'm getting married i love a woman and i feel like doing it at your own time is so important where whenever you feel ready you do that so that i came out to extended family like my taya my my bua at different times um my taya and my tai my dad's older brother and sister-in-law they are in the 80s and um i told them actually in november just gone that we got married two years ago because I, i went back to the uk and it was just so funny like mum was like um she told them he like ungi like, got married and she was like Achha. so you're a lesbian i was like yes she's in her 80s I was like Dai, how did she's like 85 oh. like, how did you know the word lesbian like how and she's like mm. as long as you're happy as long as you're happy and like it was just so great i know and like i, I think we that. have this misconception that they don't know these things they're not going to accept it but everyone knows about these things it's, it's our fear right that that builds it up in our head yeah mm -hmm. i think there was once where angit wanted to tell one of her first cousins and um i waited in the car outside just to see how it'll go initially <laughs> so angit was in you know telling her cousins and then after she messaged me saying okay it's safe you can come in because you know you is that fear that how will people take it and you don't want to put yourself in a situation where people might you know judge you or say mm -hmm. unhelpful hateful comments they were cool about it <laughs> all right all right i wanted to ask did you have like a very two states type of like a meeting you know uh not so much i think it was like um we just had this attraction and i don't think punjabi or gujarati had anything to do with it, our cultures i think it was just we had that initial attraction for a good like couple of weeks until like, before our first date mm -hmm. um but like looking around there's so many punjabi and gujarati couples like even within my family there's so many it just i feel like these two cultures really just gel really well mm -hmm. um but we definitely gelled over like um like bollywood songs in general like we you know even in our wedding rings we have uh, inscriptions like my one says ajeeb dasta hai ye because that was one of the songs that we liked and mine mine says chalte chalte and <laughs> chalte chalte kat jayenge raste yeah no no yeah nahi chalte chalte yuhi koi mil yuhi yuhi oh okay chalte chalte oh wait i don't know that song then i'm thinking another one But yeah, I kind of sang Hindi songs and kind of got her over um oh, my wow. side. Oh wow. But we had a lot of um but yeah, we were 
when we first had the attraction, we were in the car park of a mandir, and we were having samosa chaat and uh, from this Gujarati food place, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, so I think Gujarati food definitely, would, you know, won me over. Yeah. Um, and actually, the the car, the windows of the car got steamy, but that was from the samosa chaat, not anything else. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were. <laughs> In the Monday, we weren't going to kiss. <laughs> but our hands yeah, I, I love some good common. <laughs> I like it too. Oh, oh. common. Is that what you call it? <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, I, I wanted to ask, um, you know, how did you learn about the, you know, particulars of sex like you know things that you wish you'd known about sexuality and pleasure earlier like as you said parents never talked to us any about any of this um you know any unrealistic expectations you held for a really long time like how did how did that go just exploring that part of your relationship with yourself as well as with the as with your partner i think initially when i first came out i felt a bit of pressure on myself that if i'm going to be with a woman i need to know what i'm doing and actually mm-hmm wrote the two books that I'd ordered more than 10 years ago. I'll show you. <laughs> it's the masterclass going down. They're not always <laughs> helpful, but I, I could add try. And then there's this other one as well, masterclass girl on girl. Oh, wow. Okay. I think you're but, still yet to read them, right? No, no, I, I have read them, but okay. sometimes it's very technical. <laughs> and I, I feel like, you know, when you're in a relationship, you just get to know each other and you explore mm-hmm what you like, what the person likes, rather than following what's in a textbook. But you get ideas and, you know, what um, misconceptions we have as well. Um, and just going back to my bachelorette, actually, it's kind of linked to this. Um, Angit organized a an orgasm workshop. Um, oh, so my wow. friends and I went to, there's a, um, a women's sex shop in London, and they do workshops. And it, they had a model of a, a vulva and, you know, you just, they, they got us to think about, you know, do we actually know what we call our, you know, body parts and where the clitoris is? And do you know that it's a much bigger organ than, it, you know, mm-hmm. we think it is? So it was, you know, enlightening. So it was, that was really nice to, it was fun as well. You know, they, they had whatever champagne and things as well. But yeah, it was nice to um, do that as part of my bachelorette with my friends. And, you know, we had a little giggle about it, but in a, it was a serious um uh, kind of topic as well so yeah that's that amazing yeah but then over the years I I just the really as we, yeah we just learn as we go along as well and different partners like different things and you explore together <laughs> yeah. yeah i think there's like an unrealistic you know thought out there with porn and the you know yeah. it's so easily available to everybody as well it's so unrealistic when you look at the, mm-hmm. the body shapes on there and what they're doing on there it's like not everybody would find that pleasurable. Not everybody yeah. has that kind of body. For me, like, um, I think I did explore myself well, like, in terms of masturbation earlier on. Um, but my first relationship before Josh, you know, that was my first relationship with a woman, and it was very PG-13, like, you know. It was, like, five years, mm-hmm. but we didn't, didn't, really, didn't really do much. So I've done, I've learned a lot more with Josh, you know, and I think we're still continuing to learn yeah. about each other's, you yeah. know, what, what we like and what we don't like and... It, it can change throughout the month, right? What we like and what we don't like as well. So exactly, yeah. So it doesn't. It's not always one thing that works as well. So yeah, and talking to friends about it, and your friends are happy to talk about things openly, and you know it, that 
mm-hmm. that's kind of nice as well to share. I've got cool. some really yeah. good work friends who we talk about. We talk about everything. Like we talk about sex and like we talk about toys and just in general conversation like over lunch sometimes we'll just, we'll just talk about these things so can i just add they're not just friends they're her work wives all right oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i've got i've got competition i've got two work wives and we talk about everything yeah <clears throat> which is nice yeah that's great yeah i think communicating of course any relationship communicating mm-hmm. is the way to go and you're always learning it's it's not like you can exactly. ever become an expert like every person likes different things so um that that makes total sense were there any you know unrealistic because like you know how porn as you mentioned mainstream porn is very misguiding sometimes and especially there's been sex on it is fetishized and it is also like you know i think a lot of people even we we get so many dms about it that oh but they showed this and like does this actually happen this and that so were there any unrealistic expect- expectations that you had started believing that you know uh, why is this not happening or like am i doing something wrong anything like that or were you all good there i think sometimes you hear about things you know like say i don't know multiple orgasms or squirting or mm-hmm. all these sorts of things and you kind of think oh does every woman experience it or not and you know right. over time i'm just comfortable that you know not every woman's body will be the same and just because you've seen it on a video or something you shouldn't put pressure on yourself to feel that it's it's okay you know because otherwise you won't be satisfied and if you're always wanting to experience something someone else experienced because that's them you know i'm me mm-hmm. ungets her you know so it's uh, yeah sometimes there is that that pressure i guess i think um, you were, you were saying before like in the lesbian community that you're in before like in the scene some women didn't want to receive or wanted to give so yeah there is that a lot pressure of as well you know yeah. so that you might want something but the the partner doesn't want to give you that so you know then you know maybe yeah. something's not quite right um and yeah in terms of unrealistic like it just reminds me of this the representation sometimes of lesbian sex you know we've had um i've had you know guys kind of say that oh you know i can turn you kind of you know almost that macho patriarchal thing like Oh, yeah. no, you know you haven't been with me when you once you with me you won't be wanting to be with women again and exactly that's what i thought like what the hell you know <laughs> yeah there's still guys out guys like they're out there that they just feel that that they've got the power to turn someone mm-hmm. <laughs> which is yeah horrible but overall you know things are progressing well mm. 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 all right All right, great. I think that was a wonderful answer and it it basically reflects on everything we try to cover as well. And yeah, these kind of guys uh we've come, we've come across them. <laughs> It's a public service announcement to our listeners. If you ever come across them, please just let them know that no, they cannot. Um but yeah. Uh, I wanted to know like on the day of the wedding, did you have like a traditional sad fairy type wedding, or did you add your own elements to it to make it your own? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, we we had two ceremonies. So one was uh, f- two months before. So we had uh, a Gandharva wedding. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's one of the types of Hindu ceremonies. So I think people have different conception, you know, misconceptions about it, but. it's where you don't have to have witnesses you know as long as it's a consensual relationship you can uh, get married to each other so we made garlands ourselves and 
Um, we went by a lake. And so the witness was basically the lake, the forest, the nature. trees, nature. We had a photographer discreetly in the background. You know, we're happy to share photos with you later. But um, yeah, so that was, we, we read our vows to each other. It was a very, very moving ceremony. So it's one type of a Hindu wedding. Um, in mythology, there's many stories as well about it, but that was one we could do. But that, yeah, that this is something they did centuries ago, right? Yeah. Like, and it kind of faded out um, in recent centuries. Oh, okay. but, we thought but some people did. are doing it now. And, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Almost like eloping. <laughs> like eloping and nature as a witness and we shared some vows on like certain topics and yeah it was really nice it was really good yeah and I think that was quite fulfilling for us like this is our vows to each other this is what we, we promise each other for the rest of our lives and that's all we needed right we got emotional I was you know crying while saying the vows and it was it was I nice it was that. fun making the garlands as well yeah she made the rose garlands by herself so. see that that's so amazing i feel like marriages are something so personal and like you don't need 200 people to come to your wedding and eat food to you know have that connection and go through that and go to the next step like i i think that I, i've never heard of Gantharva wedding Gantharva, but i Gantharva. yeah i i love that i i'm gonna read read more about it because if this is something that people used to do in the past i don't know how they have not continued doing this i would love yeah. to have a wedding like that <laughs> yeah and then two months later we had, okay. sorry two years later we had a civil two ceremony months, sorry yeah. sorry okay two <laughs> months later we had a civil ceremony so we had like 60 50 60 close friends and family and um uh we had a the, the legal wedding and then we had dinner and, and dancing afterwards and two days before that we had like a joint mendy night mm. juggle night kind oh, of so where we did kind of, uh, you know, Joshna wore her Gujarati outfit, the, her friends and family made nice, lovely Gujarati food. And then we did like a bit of a mendi from like for me, like a, a haldi. And uh, we had a jago as well, a bit of a jago dance. And that was just like 20, 30 people. We yeah. had mendi and... My friends just... and I did a dance performance as well. So mixing uh, Punjabi songs and Gujarati songs and Bollywood songs, just a medley. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love dancing, by the way, so... So oh, I've seen your reels. Yeah, I've seen your reels. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we did the 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 Gandharva wedding and then the Mendy night and then the wedding two days later. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, for for a Sikh, I wish I had we had the opportunity to do the Anand Garage, but that hasn't come about yet. Um, that would be quite mm-hmm. important for me to do. We, we've obviously seen a lot of uh, Instagram stories about people doing it and. Uh, yeah, maybe one day if you have the opportunity, but not until we can go to a mainstream Gurdwara and do it. You know, that would be amazing to just to go in and, you know, book a, book a ceremony. So, yeah, I think what we've done is quite fulfilling for us. Um, yeah, and I think that the more and more pundits uh, or priests, you know, female as well as male doing same gender weddings now, conducting them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. You know. I feel like in, yeah. in Hinduism, it's so, more, so much more easier to do and like you know mm. and yeah hopefully it will change slowly but yeah change is happening exactly hoping hoping that you know it's it's such a beautiful moment it's such a beautiful thing just celebrating love um yeah i, I don't think there should be any barriers to it and i'm hoping that you know everything becomes more easier in the future mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I loved, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, and genuinely, I'm not kidding, like 
the smile is like stuck on my face right now because I found this conversation so wholesome. Like I'm just like these people are so cute, right? Like I I loved it. Uh, but yeah, Josh Nanga, thank you so much for joining us today and um, sharing your story with us. It's really important, you know, for us to share these stories if we're in a safe space um you know because it helps so many other people we've had dms talk to um people telling us that you know i saw these people i saw them like and i felt the confidence to do so myself or like you know i understood this better so um representation definitely matters a lot in what you're doing matters a lot and we really really thank you for that um but yeah so much more we'd love to share i'm sure but you know another time as well yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely i i think we need to have a part well. two <laughs> we need to have a part two for season two <laughs> and thank you but, yeah. really good questions even you Jahanvi, very good questions yeah <laughs> um, but thank you for everything you're doing for the community the indian community for the queer community everything and like vex said it's such a great platform that we need in the world so thank you so we're much for changing everything. the world <laughs> Yeah. thank you but yeah listeners do go follow Karsu, which means um what are we gonna do right yeah what's not not and while you're at it give us a follow too at the rate the insanskari pod on instagram and at the rate insanskari pod on twitter uh, we're gonna see you all in the next oh, i'm gonna see you all in the next episode but yeah i think uh, we're all gonna say bye for now bye, bye. bye. bye.